Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Motherland AfterBuzz TV After Show. We've got an exciting second episode for you after an exciting second episode of Motherland Fort Salem. Um, on today's dossier, I'm going to introduce you all first to our lovely panel. You might recognize a new face. I've got Tori Weaver, my alternate universe expert. <laughs> Hi, guys. Brian Santos, my freeform expert. Hello, love me some freeform. Glad to have Taylor here. <laughs> Uh, my expert in all things supernatural, Mr. Gunnar Texera. That's me, guys. Anything magical, it's my favorite, just like Motherlands. <laughs> and our special guest, our number one witch, Taylor Hickson herself. <laughs> all right. Hello. Welcome to our show. Thank you for being here so, so very, very much. Thank you. Um, like I said, there's a lot to talk about. We're going to go over the entire Bellwether unit. Sorry, uh, Rail. That's just what they were named in the show. Uh, <laughs> the legacy of General Sarah Adler. Um, a night out in Salem. And then we're going to get to our wonderful segments today. We've got uh, Bryant leading the news and uh, updates with how the show's been doing. We're going to have uh, our unit of the week led by Tori. And then, of course, a wonderful conversation that I'm very much looking forward to with Miss Hickson. So. Yeah. Let's jump right in. Um, I want to hear everybody's thoughts on this episode because we set, kept saying you can't judge a show by a pilot, but we had a really good pilot. So now that we're like in the show, what do we think? Uh, Bryant. Oh, it was a really, really good one. So much happening. Opening scene, love the LGBT representation with our girl right here. <laughs> um, and it was really, really great. Everyone had a little bit their own little moment in this episode from Rael to Tally, Abigail. We also saw some friends and some foes, which is really interesting. So I love the whole thing. What did you guys think? Uh, Tori, what do you think? This was a really good episode. I know we said that, you know, we were kind of filling it out from the pilot, but this one actually had me yelling at my TV. So I really know I'm hooked <laughs> now. So I'm super excited to see where the rest of the season takes us. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Gunner? I... If there's any more confirmation I need, I am obsessed with Tally and everything about the show. Uh, I love, I'm so excited to watch Rail. I just, Taylor, I just love your character so much, but seeing Tally go off and just everything about this episode just got the show ready for me. I'm so excited. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Taylor, do you get a chance to watch your own program or? I do. do (laughs) I am sort of zoned into my phone because I'm live tweeting with everybody else who's actually able to watch. But uh, I was able to watch prior to this, like a couple months ago, they sent us over a few to look at. But when it gets to sort of the later arc, uh, I'm going to (laughs) be doing a lot of this. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, I, for one, I love the episode. I kept saying that I wanted to see more of this whole alternate universe that we've been living in. And we got to see that way sooner than I expected. So we got a little bit of the civilian life. We got a little bit of the front line. And of course, uh, still plenty going on at Fort Salem. 
so let's uh, kick things off with our, the Bellwether units. Um, they are definitely making a name for themselves. Uh, General Adler took an official interest in them. Uh, and while they cannot help create a scene in every possible scenario, uh, they're definitely making a good impact as well, sometimes through a wall. <laughs> um, yeah, does anyone have any like standout thoughts uh, from how our girls are doing? Yeah, feel free to jump in, Tori. <laughs> yeah, it's a new format. We're all still adjusting. So. I'm super. I'm just super excited to actually see them in a way try to respect each other and work together for the greater good. I mean, we clearly see that when they use their forces together, they cannot be stopped. And so I'm super excited to actually see them put their differences to the side when we're in practice. Y'all know I, I'm a stickler for being on time for practice. Taylor, <laughs> <Are> <Yeah>. you? <laughs> So I'm super excited they're all showing up and giving their all. I just, uh, I'm super excited for them actually to work together as a unit. And that's definitely something that we saw. We got to see them bond outside of class or outside of practice. Um, we got to see them work together inside of practice. So it was just really good to see this dynamic play out. Yeah, I, I loved Tally so much in this episode. I think this was a really great shining, or should I, should I say shiny moment for Tally? Um, <laughs> I mean, I always knew that she was going to be a fan favorite. She's my personal favorite. Um, so it's so great to see everyone come and uh, love her as much as we've grown to love her. Um, but she really is the glue of our group. And she's starting to help under or help Rael understand how valuable she is and that she can be heard. And, um, you know, she has purpose to, to help her drive her, her arc and her capabilities forward. So uh, you really start to see those components come together in episode two. I think Tally is a great force for everyone that she comes in contact with. Her friend from back home, she was still giving that pep talk to about like, hey, we're doing something that matters here and it's great that you're here. Uh, her friend was like, why would you make this decision? She's like, no, we both made the right decision. Mm -hmm. So I, I love that she is this, yeah, this shining beacon Lori's uh, a funny one. I'm uh you'll you'll grow to I think really really love her later in the series as well as uh Libba. She's just oh my I think it's because I know Sarah in real life. Oh, she's so much fun and she's just like every bit of sarcasm that you see running with with Libba, Sarah's so much like that and she's <laughs> Oh, she's so funny. She's uh I have a thing for Gemini's and like half of our cast was Gemini's and it was just like playtime 24 7 there's always something to talk about always stuff to chase activities and um yeah this it was such great chemistry between everybody so good to hear that's always a sign of a really good tv show and yeah. i feel like if we're seeing it on the screen even when you guys have your differences uh, <laughs> like there's still this that there's the chemistry there and it's what i really like about the clashing dynamic between uh rail and abigail especially is like I keep thinking like, oh, they got over it. Oh, they didn't. Oh, they got over it. Oh, they didn't. And yeah. oh, it's yeah. all natural. It doesn't feel like fight for yeah. <laughs> Okay. Never ending cycle. But I think that's all season. so beautiful. <laughs> you know, I think it really creates a sense of intimacy between them because it's, you can't have that really um, deep sense of conflict that they have without truly understanding one another. And they're so alike in so many ways and so polar opposites in so many ways. So it's really fun to see them play off of each other and, um, you know, find their common interests and then sort of reevaluate and go back to hating each other because of uh, what makes them different and then what makes them similar. It's, yeah, it's a never ending, uh, but really fun arc that 
throughout the throughout the season. Awesome. Yay. Good. And we're going to get to see it all play out. Uh, Brian, <laughs> oh, I yeah. want to get your thoughts on the group. It is great. It's so funny because I'm here in the chat with everybody. Hello, everybody in the chat. Oh, so you get um, lots and, of thoughts on the group. Great. Yes. And <laughs> one thought that they said, which I actually was about to say, was that love her, but Abigail is getting on my nerves, all up in her own feelings, like, oh my gosh, I'm this, that, or the other. I'm God's gift to the army. And I'm like, girl, get it together. Um, so some people in the chat are saying the same thing, but I'm sure we're going to see so much more development for her and see how she grows from this. But I think something's going to happen to her that's really going to humble her down, which I want that to happen so fast because she is just like getting on my nerves. And I'm like, come on, girl, I really want to like you. But right now I don't. Yeah, <laughs> but I think they're all going to add to each other's dynamic really well. It's true. And I felt that for real too. Like at first I was like, I feel like people are going to hate her. She has such an attitude. She's just so right. <laughs> so I feel like these characters, you, you really have to work to love them at first, but um your love will grow exponentially as they make discoveries within themselves and as they're navigating their own youth and their own womanhood. And, um, you know, it's, it grows to much more of a respect rather than, uh, like a struggle or a detest with them, because trust me, I had the same relationship. <laughs> right. <laughs> the comments I made last week about Raelle was that she had like all the chips she could possibly fit on her shoulders. Yeah. Uh, and I really, I didn't get a feeling of that this episode. Like I forgot I had that opinion. Especially the scene with Sergeant Graves walking around, Sergeant Graves. Uh, yes. It really felt like she she wasn't trying to cause trouble anymore, and she wasn't trying to like fight the system while also being a part of it. Yeah. She just she found herself, which is great. The so now mm -hmm. she's so humane. Is yeah. that Being you know being a witch, you know she has that dynamic part of you know, maybe she's like, maybe I can do, I have purpose here. Maybe I can do work towards something. And then, you know, something will set her back or trigger her. And, and I think that's something that's just so humane and, and so dynamic and believable and authentic that I think many audience viewers can uh, relate to is, is the idea that, you know, it's not just one easy, you're like, oh, okay, I've changed my mind now. This is how it's going to work. It's going to be easy for me to get there. You know, so you got to have those setbacks in, in your growth mm -hmm. in, in order to, to truly be humbled when you, when you reach a point of, of understanding of, about, about yourself and about the world, you know, you got to work. Yes. It. Yeah. And so with, now I'm feeling that what you just described, um, I'm hoping that for Abigail, because in this episode, I feel like she wanted everyone to see her as a prodigy and a martyr at the same time. Yeah. She just wanted like all the sympathy and adulation so yeah i'm really hoping what happened with rael and getting humanized happens with abigail because i'm right there in the comment section right like <laughs> y'all are uh, not going to keep teaming up on my girl i'm still not <laughs> teaming up i'm just one of the chattering old crones who are trying to get where <laughs> every earth sign that's following this is like team abigail she's on time she gets it she's a leader <laughs> and all the water signs are like we get you rail you're jaded <laughs> well i'm a gemini like you described so i'm still a tally on this yeah one. there you go that totally uh, makes sense. <laughs> uh gunner i want to hear from you what do you what do you think of what do you how do you feel about the unit it's move progression i'm so with the water signs because my air sign i cannot stand i respect abigail and i really admire her and i get her perspective and that like 
<laughs> Tori's yeah. face. Or something, you know? <laughs> like a, well, I feel like this is like you're from nobility, you have like a higher expectation that a lot of people understand and see, and they think that it's so easy and lush, and she has so much more weight on her shoulders. Mm-hmm. But she also has to remember that she's from a better off world than Rail's used to. And like Rail really fought for everything, had to really put in a lot more work than Abigail had to, I think, that we see from the dynamics so far in their families. And Abigail's just like, this is your life. This is your existence. It's only training. Even when Tally is going through struggles with her mom, which I cannot stand Tally's mom because she just won't get it, right? Like, I cannot. <laughs> it's so hard. It's so heartbreaking. And it's like you, I don't know, it's just so conflicting. And watching Jess in those scenes is just, oh, it broke my heart. I would I would go and watch her behind the camera and I'd be like in tears every time. She was just very compelling and and I think she has a lot of those same relations, you know, coming from South Africa and finally breaking out and, you know, getting these opportunities and her family just misses her dearly, you know. So it's like she had to make those sacrifices to come and make a better life and chase the things that she loves. And so I just I thought that connection between herself and her character just really added that that element of connection, true connection and you know, authenticity. It was just, yeah, she's so grounded in her character. And then she's also just such a light. And, you know, she's the comic relief and the positivity, the optimism. And uh, we like to call ourselves the mind, the heart, and the body. So Rael being the mind, Cal is the heart, and Abigail's are our physical, physical section. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's really, really interesting to see, you know, how we have to work towards that team strategy rather than because everyone's focused on independent success sort of mm-hmm. at the beginning you know even even tally she's she's so about team strategy but it's like everyone's just so focused on themselves and in in their peace in the group and um seeing them all finally understand that if you don't work together it is a matter of life and death mm-hmm. and so having that pressure which i'm sure abigail understands more than anybody you know it it, it really allows her to finally be able to work together with the other girls yeah i really sense like tally's like sense of like it's about the team and working for this and abigail has the same purpose now like it is life or death but she almost doesn't quite get almost the personal aspect that comes in with a team that there's more yeah. than just herself and that like she's not quite there yet and that's what my favorite part about ta- about tally is and i can really see that in the stuff i've been creeping on all of you guys on your interviews and the press <laughs> there, all the things i feel like uh like you said, like her, uh, just as like actress, like just loves everything about her character. I see it with all three of you. She's so devoted to her craft too, which is so funny because she's obsessed with all film and books and music. She everything about it, which is so Gemini of her, you know, to have your, have your niche and just know all about it. Um, you know, she always had a book in her bag or like in her nose and, uh, and she was always talking about methods and, she worked harder than anybody I've ever met. And I'm, I do not say that lightly. She never stopped. She was 110% all the time. She never slept. I don't know how she made it through that show, but she worked harder than anyone I know. And she earned where she is more than anyone I know. And I just, I have so much admiration and respect for her and making it out of a country, you know, that it, you have to apply for a visa just to visit here. And it takes two months and you know it's not even guaranteed approval and so just for her to to get here and, and go to work and you know she's traveling 30 to 50 hours to get here and just to come here and work her butt off it's like it's very tally-esque it's very tally 
I had no idea that she was from South Africa and how that related to her and her character. So thank you so much for sharing that. That's really yeah, cool to know. That was just a perfecta, an American accent too. Like she really worked her butt off. She did not stop. So like, love you, Jess. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so moving along, uh, we're, this team clearly is doing very well. Uh, one comment that we, I think Tori made last uh, week was that you, she, was it you who didn't trust their drill officer, uh, like Quartermain? No, that was me. I don't was trust you, her. Okay. I don't trust her as far as I can throw her. Well, how do you feel now? How do you feel about her now seeing her working with the team more? I still feel she's up to something not good. Literally, like, I think that she has, like, her hand just in everything, that there's something telling me, and I think it's just because I'm such a freeform lover and I see this coming so much on freeform. <laughs> it's such a freeform move for them to do that <laughs> I feel like that's going to happen. Don't want to put a prediction out there, but you never know, but that's just me. I don't know. <laughs> I keep saying, like, you know, don't trust your intuition here because everything that you think you can predict it throws you another way. I keep saying, yes. trust your assumptions. Don't trust <laughs> Easter eggs. Elliot Lawrence is a mastermind genius and <laughs> throw you for a loop. Every, every script we got, we were just like riveted. We we're like, no way. And people can say, I knew it as much as they want, but <laughs> I'm ready for it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you said that because my intuition is telling me not to trust anybody. <laughs> like I don't trust Adler I don't trust the president I don't trust Quartermain like I, I'm everybody who is not one of our three I'm like what are you really up to like Adler to me has the cadence of a politician with ulterior motives mm -hmm. especially the way she was talking with the president who mm -hmm. I believe her agenda more because it's just the typical like I want to control the military because I'm yeah. the commander in chief. Yeah, of course. Whereas Adler obviously has been controlling the military and is probably is very comfortable with her power. Um, but so uh, Gunner, I want to hear your thoughts. Uh, who, who among Adler's team do you distrust? Um, so I'm very much with your statement that like, it's really the three that like, you can trust. It's like, always. Oh, I love that kind of arc in shows when they're like, trust no one but yourself or trust no one but your unit. And I also really like that the they got rid of that plot reveal of, of Abigail trying to leave them sooner than later. That wasn't like a big like thing because I feel like that's also a bit like modern of the three of them. They're more mature. They can address a problem like that and how like Tally called her out on it and Rail and her can bicker about it but not really deal about it. I don't trust Adler because I think how you say she's comfortable with the power and she doesn't like the president. I think the president is simply just like I'm in charge. Like I get I get to know everything and you don't. I call the shots. I trust uh anacostia i trust her i feel like she's one that's loyal to the cause like tally and trust the system trust the process and i think her and tally both are going on that journey of you can't trust every aspect of the machine because sometimes it will chew you out and i think i see a double cross coming between her and alder so that's why i don't trust that i don't trust that relationship i think it's blinding her to alder's agenda i'll say this i trust quartermain the most out of all of the higher ups mm -hmm. uh but I'm so concerned that she's really trying to get into like Adler's click. Uh, does that make any sense? I don't like, know. She was, she was raised, uh, you know, like it's, she's called one of the, uh, she's like, yeah, yeah. Fosterlings. And, um, you know, she grew up under, under Alder as a, like basically having her as a mother because general Alder doesn't actually have her own children. So, you know, like thinking in her perspective you know because my character is so torn between 
the spree and the army because the army killed her mother. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So she has a resent and detestment for these people that, uh, and this cause that took her, her, her blood away from her, like her line of love. And, um, and then she, you know, she's very curious and conflicted about the spree because she doesn't, she's very, she doesn't trust anyone anymore. Right. So she's fed all this propaganda and I think that really gets into the heads of a lot of the recruits and even, you know, some of the pillars that we're looking at, like Anacostia Quartermain, where um, so brilliantly played by Demetria McKinney. But um, I love uh, that her character is introduced more and more and more throughout the arc. And you really get to see her thought process and her relationships with the girls and with General Alder. Because, um, you know, you see you see her confliction too. And um, like you, you you start to see her mistrust her own loyalty and where that lies and it's it's you know it's very tricky too so it's um yeah all I can say is don't trust anybody <laughs> really <laughs> you have the right intuition there and that's the only time I'll, I'll grant you that is just don't thank trust you. anyone <laughs> thank you uh Tori uh, do you trust anyone I trust Abigail but <laughs> I see that no one else does but I don't trust Adler and let me tell y'all why please I don't trust anyone who doesn't look me in my eyes when I talk. I don't trust anyone. And when she was talking to the president, like I just always have taken that as a sign of disrespect. It also comes from like the household that I was raised in. So when she was talking to the president and her back was turned, she was already on my list of do not trust (laughs) over here. So I just, I just, and also to go along with you guys, what you guys said, which is she has that tone where it's just kind of like, what is going on in that mind of yours? She has this click. Nobody knows what they're talking about because they're not really saying words. So that's mysterious. And then when the other general lost her daughter, I mean, I understand, you know, not being emotionally invested in something that can take so many lives. I understand that. But it kind of seemed like she was like, well, what are you going to do about it? And I was like, see, I can't do this with you. I just cannot. I just, no. So we're not friends. (laughs) Um, but yeah I do not trust her at all and I really like you guys said I don't really trust anyone besides the main three and I think it's just because we kind of see a little bit more of their thought process so we see that they don't really know as much as we know um so those are the only people that I really can say that I trust for now that's some some really good observations about Alder that you picked up on those are awesome I I thought she was at first sympathetic towards um her general i'm so bad with names y'all um the loss of her general's daughter oh clary Clary, thank you so much um but when that woman was like so reiterating what the president said like we're we need to try something new now like what we're doing isn't working and she still was like not pulling triggers and not trying to change any tactics and that's that's where i got that sense that she's like a politician who's just feeding us like oh no everything's fine Everything's fine. I got this under control. We're totally good. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I know that line <laughs> like, as, as, as far as I can throw it. Uh, one thing I caught, I think, maybe I'm just reading into it too much. Um, so we go to Salem and we see the pageant and the pageant turns out to be like a new version of a passion play. Like, am I wrong? <laughs> yeah, that's definitely. That's why Abigail was like, yo, this is not a pageant. Like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, it, like it was like, oh no, we're just gonna reenact all the gruesome details and the harsh <laughs> things that were said from both parties to the letter, and you, the audience, just have to experience this hardship with us. <laughs> um, so 
is she a Christ-like figure in this alternate Ooh. universe? Tori, you're my expert on that. <laughs> you said it's what? Repeat the question, because well, this this whole scene. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm making the very far-fetched accusation that in this alternate universe, she's seen as somewhat of a Christ-like figure. Yeah, she is worshipped. I'd say to a, a sense. It just depends on where you stand. You know, like any like any politician or any war leader, you know, anyone in the public eye, it's just, it's, it's so subjective. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I definitely see that in this pageant. First of all, touching on the pageant, I was so disappointed that it wasn't a real pageant. I was sitting here <laughs> at my TV. I was like, Ooh, I was like, what are they going to wear? And then they got off the bus. I was like, Oh, their uniform. They were all in their dress okay. blacks. And... I was like, they had two hours to get ready. I was like, I'm so excited. They did get... And I was like, Oh, Never mind. <laughs> so that already threw me off. But like you said, just with the whole, I guess, Christ-like figure, um, just looking at that, I mean, she's been around for forever. And as we know, with our own, I guess, religious backgrounds and thing like, things like that, over time, stories are in the hands of different people. And so we all have, you know, mm -hmm. our own versions and own beliefs of what has happened in our own history. So I can only imagine what the truth of this history is. Because when you have someone who's so idolize and you had this important moment in history those stories can get misconstrued and of course people start to pick sides and so it kind of made me feel like we really don't know what happened okay you yeah. know like and that made me not trust anybody again so <laughs> i don't know they're really pushing that propaganda you know and that depiction of of uh what general alder's story is and you know who she is and no one else of that age is around to tell the story, you know? It's it's her word versus everyone else's. That's so really uh, I'm also point. just coming upon this discovery now after what you're pointing out, Tori, but um, yeah, it's she's the only one that's lived for 300 plus years. You know, there's no one around alive, no no witch or, or anyone. She she lives on through, through magic, through her, her crew of people, you know, so... Um, She's the only one that really oh, gets man. to tell that story, which is very interesting. That's, yeah, yeah. A really good point you bring up because I was, just, even how you're both saying that, like, where's Bellwether? Like, Abigail's family is a, like almost a family of nobility. Like, why is it? And I was the first, like, black woman in the army that was a witch. And that would be a very serious point. And like, having that is such a good discussion point, even a topic to address about those kind of issues back in, like, the Revolutionary War. And with me, I don't see her more as a Christ-like figure. I see it more, a bit of a Messiah-like essence, but more, I think it was like an ultimate martyr and like she did this, what she thought was to help her community and get, say, alive. Mm -hmm. But from what I'm guessing, I think we're trying to see is that like not every witch agrees with it. Mm -hmm. And almost no one of non-witch community really like looks at them almost as protectors and saviors. Some feel almost like pity for them. That's what I said last week is that they almost feel like we saw with Tally in the airport, they almost feel bad. Like they're going just to be living weapons. Yeah. And that's something I caught this episode. Uh, the first one, everyone's like willing to give up their seat. It's like very thank you for your service. Like everyone respects the heck out of these witches who are making this sacrifice to go fight these battles for their country. And then there was a guy in this episode who had this kind of like xenophobic attitude towards them saying it's, oh, it's your people that do this stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's talk about their night out. Uh, they got to have some unsupervised fun, but then it all goes uh, to hell when some, someone doesn't follow the rules of the community and pops the balloon uh, and just throws everybody out. Um, 
Yeah, chaos ensues, and this guy makes a scene in front of Tally, who fights back, rightfully so. I think yep. that's where we first have the understanding that Tally, you know, does carry danger and, and does have a rage within her. And I, I think that's some something that I think everybody discredited uh, from Tally. It was just like, oh, she's she's weak. She's too nice. You know, she couldn't make the run at um, Anacostia uh, and Jukla. All over. She hasn't she hasn't been showing up in, in those areas. And so I think that's where you really see her fighting for her cause, for the real reason why she's there. And I think she's been burying that sort of deep down. And I think that's the first sort of darker side you see of Tally. And, um, it's, an, it's an interesting foreshadow. Mm-hmm. Okay, foreshadow. I'm logging that. <laughs> Secrets. Uh-huh. <laughs> Secrets of things to come. Um, I love the scene that uh, Tally had with all her witches, my witches, as the episode oh, is titled. One scene is shared. I love that scene. Oh, I bet. So, um, very organic. Oh, good. It was. It was very classic. The drunk. I love you all. I'll do anything for you guys. <laughs> oh, it's like, I relate. Too. Like, <laughs> I love you. You're so pretty. I love you. <laughs> you know she'd be like, it just affirms that- everything that you, we love about Tally. It's awesome. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, so now's about the time we get to our special segments, um, but I want to make sure we have uh, enough time to be, enjoy your company, Taylor. So uh, <laughs> everyone on our little team, we just kind of wanted to do a quick little interview kind of thing, if that's cool with you. Yeah. All right. Uh, Bryant, if you would, did you had a question for Taylor? I did. So I mentioned in the beginning about LGBT representation, and I think that Freeform is just one of the champions of this, especially in TV. So how do you feel being the one to portray our LGBT representation, our our character? I mean, I have so many close friends within the LGBT community, so it was vital to me that Rael was portrayed with utmost conviction, utmost respect, and, uh, and that we just had fun and, and relished in the organic chemistry that Amalia and I were fortunate enough to have. And uh, one of my favorite things that Freeform and Motherland and Elliot uh, are, are doing here is, you know, they don't really, they don't really ever point out um, who we love. And I think that's something mm-hmm. we want to see in media. You know, they don't, they don't make the drama about coming out. They don't make the drama about me loving another woman. You know, it's... It, it has nothing to do with that. I think the there really aren't gender norms or um, sexual orientation norms in this world, and I I think that's something we really want to we want to push across, especially to all of our viewers. And it seems to be reciprocating uh, really really well. So um, uh, we we were just honored to to have that opportunity to portray something that beautiful. It was yay relationship <laughs> to make. Uh, Tori. Yes, I'm so glad that we kind of segued into this because in addition to that, I know that, you know, with shows and when we get all these TV shows and you have all these fans, there's so many comparisons between shows. What about this show, in addition to what you just pointed out, was so unique to you? My personal favorite thing, and I think uh, a lot of the girls agreed when whenever we would have this discussion, which was like three times a day on set, was just the true depiction of Wiccan culture. It is something that is so demonized in media and has been for hundreds of years. You know, uh, the, the 300 years, yeah. Throne <laughs> of <laughs> the word and the, the green skin, you know, Wicked Witch. And it's, it's so untrue. It's such a misconception of true Wiccan culture. You know, it's about divinity and light and femininity and, 
unity and, um, you know, being in touch with yourself and in touch with your environment and um, the people around you and uplifting each other and supporting each other. So that was something that we were, we're, we're so, so proud to, to have the honor. Uh, we're very humbled to, to bring that to the screen. And I think that's what makes Motherland incredibly unique because there's so many depictions of witches that um, are, are untrue. So we're, uh, we're hoping here our fellow Wiccans cheering in the back. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is definitely uh, at the very least a Wiccan inspired thing and it definitely yeah. is reaching out to that community. So that community kind of has to approve. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's strange to me and like strange and awesome how well this melds um, America's uh, I'll say passion for the military. Yeah. That's been historic with this very not historic version of America uh, being into more because like I said, there's so many buzzwords that are attached to it that have a negative connotation now because yeah. of it. But like the the femininity, the the environmentalism, all these aspects of Wiccan culture, they're very not current American. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's so cool to see them mesh like this. Yeah, absolutely. It's like uh, history and these these very current real issues in the world are making a very strange love child. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. But yeah, I mean, like a lot of these things that you are seeing um, are just metaphors for things that are real issues. You know, like um, the segregation that you see is not so much between, um, you know, your sexual orientation or your skin color it's it's more um you know you're a civilian and i'm a witch and there's that fear instilled uh about the the stigma of witches and what they carry and you know that's that represents you know so many different fears uh of differences you know all mm-hmm. the segregations between all communities whether it be race religion who you love and uh you know all, all of that so you you know we we're sort of representing that idealism uh, just in a different way and same with toxic masculinity toxic masculinity you know you see that that stoicism in those women that trying to feign off being hurt because it's weak to be emotional or vulnerable or carry your pain with you so you know we're just angry because we can't carry grief there's no time um i don't want to come off weak so it's like that toxic masculinity and that emotional detachment or emotional repression um and you know that's something that we really wanted to attack here too and same with the women versus women culture that um so ever present you know it's women are terrible for tearing each other down when you know it, it shouldn't be us versus them you know it's it's like uh, you gotta stick together you're not gonna have any growth otherwise you know we keep fighting for women's rights but we keep tearing each other down and it's like how are you gonna achieve that which is silly when you all have one common goal so I think that's the, these structures that we're seeing, these societal structures um, that are so ever present and apparent um, that we're just not opening our eyes to. We're, we're hoping to, you know, sort of signify that that shift and initiate that shift. And um, yeah, we, we're hoping to do good things with the platform. I think, yeah, you definitely are. It's really cool. All right. Sorry, I did not mean to detract. Gunner, uh, <laughs> go, go ahead, man. Everything said is just so good. Oh, kind of goes into my own question which is all about the same about motherland the show in itself and i think why do you think it happened now why 
is this show so kind of prevalent and able to happen? Like how this probably couldn't happen even 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Why do you think it's happening now and how it's able to stand where it does and fall where it lands? I'm honestly a little shocked it's still happening now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. I, we're totally with you. We're, we're still like standing here like, is this actually happening for us? Uh, you know, I'm, we're, we're asking the same question as you, Gunner, and um, this, this did sort of start in the, in the ball pits of a development uh, about 10 years ago. You know, that's when Elliot was first pitching it and he was trying it as a graphic novel and wow. um, all these different ideas, you know, yeah, like books, um, a movie. And um, he took it to Kevin Messick and um, he was like, nah, dude, this is a TV series. And so a few years ago, it's, it, was, it started in development. Um, and uh, I mean, to have all of these idealisms coming from the mind of a man, I think that more than ever is signifying shift. That, that really blew me away to have, to have these pushes coming from a male presence. I was like, you know, we're fucking doing it. We really are. <laughs> yes. It's like, it's, you know, yeah, I'm just as amazed as you are that, um, this is getting the attention in the spotlight that it is, but we're so grateful and humbled and we're going to take advantage of, of every opportunity that comes to scream from the rooftops. What we, what we need people to hear. Yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> I was so, my hearing that, um, that it was a man that created this whole idea. I was like kind of bit shocked. I was like, Oh, this is like a great, I bet it's a cool, cool like female off like direct creator. And then I was like, wow, this is even so original. He's incredible. He's incredible. I really cannot, I cannot emphasize that enough. If you ever get the chance to talk about him, pick his brain about like he can tell you what's going on in season five in the world of Mother and he's incredible. Uh, we'd love to have him on the show. <laughs> uh, but I don't want to have him come this early in the season at the very least because we always like to do our predictions for what's going to happen in the series and Taylor we might need you to sit this one up too really can make... huh get him after the finale and really pick his brain yeah yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay then I can um, know <laughs> okay <laughs> we'll we'll text um so um all right so gutter uh where do you think we're gonna go for the next couple of episodes and Taylor feel free to make all the faces you want <laughs> um well i'm very excited for next week we finally get to see the boys in here and get to see what i guess apparently are male witches in the research i've found so wait very, what i know i'm so stoked i'm the second i like come on tomato and everything i was like oh my gosh we guys see the guys that are like in this, in this society oh, oh snap i was totally cool just to let the ladies have this one <laughs> i kind of still think they should but i you know i've been oh. drinking out of a cauldron all night so i'm totally down for this celebration okay. of sex which is great wow. you better be cute <laughs> yeah it looks so good with that and i think i think we're just gonna see these three women just flourish and go so far and kick some major spree ass for sure <laughs> all right looking forward to it uh bryant um, what's, what's going on in your brain i don't really have a prediction right now because some everything kind of just happened so fast i do want to just pop into the chat real quick because they have some amazing questions for taylor i just want to do at least one sorry guys we're kind of short with time, oh my so goodness i'm one. so sorry yes uh yeah. we love our fans and we're so glad you guys are here singly, yeah. even though i've completely <laughs> forgotten to throw it to you so yes I'm Thank gonna you guys ask for you one question. Um, so Ivan, I'm gonna shout you out because you've been sh shouting out some amazing questions. Um, let's see, what's the best one to ask? So I guess Ivan's asking Taylor, how do you feel like portraying Rael in this like love, like so happy with with Scylla, Scylla? Yeah. Um, 
but when you know that she is like a traitor or that she's part of this spree like is it hard to like act that um I mean so that's why I was saying like don't trust the easter eggs because um you know upon reading reading these like I I sort of had my doubts and I was like there's no way there's no way and then of course when just speaking to the balloon it gives a totally different direction but um everything truly melts away when I'm working with Amali and I'm saying that on a very personal note you know um Jess gave me this really great tip uh for love love interests and it's you know pick something that you truly do love about the other person that you truly do connect with even if it's a you know platonic and um uh of course I picked Amalia's eyes because you just melt when she looks at you she's a total siren like her eyes she can you <laughs> look she can convince you to do anything you commit murder for her um, <laughs> but she's just so intelligent and nuanced and you know having these conversations with her with where we wanted what, where we wanted them to go and you know with our pillars like our directors and with Elliot and where we wanted them to go um it really there was no complications at all it was really quite easy just to just to sort of really shut down and be present with her and, and, and have that focus and it really felt like shooting two different movies almost you know being with the girls and then being with her and having that seeing rail soften and just truly be vulnerable and um feel like she has value and importance and direction for once in her life and you know everything she she does becomes about Scylla and every decision you know but then she starts blowing off all of her practices again and um, I think I I am very much like her where it's like I will sacrifice things that affect the people I love when I'm emotionally charged um, because I'm crazy when I'm in love with people and I just I do stupid stuff that hurt other people not thinking and I think that Rael very much follows that path so uh, but you know working with Amalia again organic chemistry was so great and um, it was it was much too easy with her I love that thank <laughs> you <laughs> all right uh, Tori let me get your predictions real quick um, yes. So I'm definitely excited for people to love Abigail again. Um, but other than that, I think that we're just going to see an even stronger connection with the three of these women art unit leaders. I think they're going to find ways to connect with each other's stories. And that's what's going to make them unstoppable. Like, I think once they find what they, um, I guess, relate to in each other is when we're really going to see this force full, like 100%. So I'm super excited to see what they do when they really hone in on each other's abilities. She has a lot of fun next episode, let me tell you. <laughs> She's really oh, irrelevant. <laughs> we are definitely looking forward to next episode. <laughs> All right, so uh, we kind of had to cut our format down a little bit to fit everything in tonight. And as we could honestly tell you, we could talk to you all night. And I feel so bad Thank for you. the fans who couldn't get their questions in. Um, but there's, it's so rich. Um, <laughs> so uh, is it cool if like fans can ask you stuff on twitter or i'm gonna say please come tweet me i'm it's just at, at my name at taylor hickson um come tweet me because i mean i'm bored stuck in my house so <laughs> chat with me on twitter um or you can you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna open up a question thing on instagram too i'll say ask me a question about motherland yay or instagram me all right so thank you so much afterbus fans you can go find taylor at instagram this is also taylor hickson at instagram I think it's Taylor.hickson first. Okay. Cool.
Cool. All right. So thank you guys for sticking with us. Uh, be sure to find Taylor there. And the rest of my uh, witches, my witches, where can the fans find you? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at the Brian Santos, and also on some fun after shows here on AfterBuzz TV. You guys can find me at Gunner underscore Thomas 88 on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at Toxic Model or on Twitter at Tori with two E's. <laughs> Uh, and you can find me on Twitter, Kevin Allen says, and Instagram at Kevin Allen Graham. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Taylor, thank you so much for being here. You. Um, you were a treasure. And uh, I just, I can't thank you enough. And uh, we got to end it for tonight. So everyone have a great night. Stay safe and uh, make sure you warm up your vocal cords before <laughs> you start yeah. warbling. All right. Have a good night, y'all. Take care. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.